Okay, get it started and get you on. And there we go. So we're counting there too. And let's go live with the bird croaking in the background, calling in the background. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. And welcome to my 79th. God, can you believe it? 79 of them. 79th BC Model Tech Tuesday. And Today's my anniversary, but nonetheless, I'm going to have a good time with you, my family and friends. So good seeing you. Empire of Japan, good afternoon. Hello, Kenny USO. Good seeing you as well. I'm going to wave to you as well right there on the screen. And for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And for those listening on the podcasting, I love you guys. Whether you're walking the dog, gardening, um, having a good time, <laughs> working out, using the loo, whatever the case may be. Rare Backwoods, good afternoon, and welcome to the BC Motor Tech Tuesday. I am at a very special location at Race Service here in Los Angeles, which is pretty cool. And on my 79th episode, yes, I've done 79 of these, unforgivingly, without missing them religiously, 79 Tech Tuesdays, I'm in front of a 1979 Porsche 911 935, which is pretty crazy, right? That's Rod, Rod Chung's car that we helped out, gave a little kiss to, and Race Service got involved, and of course, Ornamental did a great smashing job in getting this going. Ornamental Conifer in doing this lovely artwork on here with some cool toy tires and all that good stuff. So it's so good to see all of you guys. Um, Slacker Girl, good seeing you. Hello, Dippin' Deep. It's so great meeting you recently or talking to you recently at IBOC. Hello, Rareback Woods. Hello, Osmar. Jiffy Lube in Costa Mesa. Shout out to all of you. Keep the great work going. Thank you so much, JRA Photo. I appreciate the kind words. Yes, I'm very busy and it's been really cool. You know how busy I've been going to events? Look at my farmer's tan. That's my farmer's tan because I've been in the sun. <laughs> and events back to back to back. It's really crazy. Hello, the real Chad Moore. Doctor, good seeing you. Greetings indeed, DJ Ramirov. Vlad Mo. Vlad Timo, good seeing you as well. Ah, yes, Jimmy Lube indeed. Good seeing you guys again. Hello, Sam. I will give you a walk around the car, Red Backwoods, and it's going to be better in a few weeks as well. Um, hello, Ryan Bellin. Thank you, SIR. Appreciate the kind words indeed. Adam Bendoff, good afternoon, sir. Good seeing you. Um, yes, I know, Kevin, but it's been busy. You know, so Kevin has been pushing me to take the wagon to the track. Last week we did alignment, then it rained. And then this week we're getting ready for two events. There's the KW event at the um, Streets of Willow. Uh, facility this coming Friday and Saturday um, our friends from Hot Wheels is doing the crazy Honda Legends tour launch which is pretty cool thanks so much it is a sick car indeed Vlad appreciate that hello smug dog um, limits of the Quay sequential so far we haven't found them but we will push and find out where so I've we've pushed over four digits in the two-wheel drive application and didn't see any failure there but we didn't really push it that much and then uh, with the all-wheel drive setup we're going to probably hover in the 850 range when we're done which is way over the um, thousand horsepower mark at the crank, and we'll see how that goes. But I'll keep you guys posted. But I feel that'd be extremely reliable. Kenny, thank you so much. Love you as well. Slacker Girl loves her R. Well done, by all means. Behind me is a 1979 um, R um, uh, Porsche 935X, is what it's being dubbed. And it's a really nice vehicle. We're going to walk around in, the, in a moment. Um, it has KW suspension, has, it, it was actually a car that was built in Europe. And I was given more of a street duty and was reimagined recently for Luptical. 
has an air-cooled turbocharged engine, 3.3 engine, twin turbo, which we're going to completely modify and bring up to spec in terms of technology. Um, has a reform wheels, has a Toyo R888 tires, has a nice Momo steering wheel courtesy of Magnus Walker and his touch to that as well. Um, CSF cooling systems in the front as well. And some really nice creative touches courtesy of Ron Emery and uh, uh, Ornamental Conifer. And Race Service really did a lot of work on this as well, which is pretty fantastic. Slider Girl loves ES. I love ES as well. Thank you so much, Sean. Maybe appreciate that, you know? Looking forward to doing the same with your K Series EG. You'll love it. So I may have, um, if you're staying two wheel drive, I may have a sequential for sale which has low mileage. So let's talk. Let's see what we can do to get that going. Um, I do tune my. Uh, my Yaris to build says, do I tune 2JZ GTE engines? Yes. What is 2JZ GE or GTEs? I do quite a bit. Um, whether people have them in swaps or if they're in the Mark 3s, Mark 4s, it doesn't matter. If you're crazy enough to put a swap in a Mark 5, we can do that. And I have a lot of customers who come in with the AEM Infinity system. So that's what we have quite a bit. Thank you so much, Vlad Taimo, for the kind words and thumbs up. Um, Infinity Q5, Q50 or Mark Seven GTI is what Watt Watt is asking. Ooh, Q50 is a very elegant vehicle, courtesy of our friends at Nissan and Infiniti. But a Mark 7 GTI is pretty cool. So if you want something that's very sporty and you're not really big into a brand name or something that's very super luxurious, that German engineering from how the doors slam to how the car performs and the aftermarket support, the GTI would be great. But if you want something very comfortable and luxurious, with some of that cool Japanese reliability. The Q50 is not a bad choice. And Q50 is very nice. I know our friend Reggie from Turbinex had one and he loved that car. He loved it indeed, you know. A case swap Honda Beat, is that possible? It is. A lot of surgery, but you can do it. The engine would tilt funny to fit because there's not much space in that chassis in the engine bay, but it can be done. Um, LS Motors, now are you talking LS Domestic or LS Honda? Let me know, we're gonna talk about that. We'll have to make an E46 build. Now I've tuned quite a few E46s on AM Infinity as well and help with some design work with that, especially internal combustion engine components. But I do not have a relationship with BMW. I own one BMW, but I don't have a relationship with the factory. And as I mentioned before in previous Tech Tuesdays, it makes things much easier when we have an opportunity to work with a manufacturer because we can build a new car and build something vintage and go back and do some really cool stuff and it helps alleviate some of the crazy costs while helping the brand grow as well. So until we have a relationship with BMW, Nothing yet. And if you have a relationship with them, let us know. We're more than happy to help, you know? It is a nice one. Art saying that's one nice Porsche behind me. Porsche 993 is one of his dream cars he'd like to own on one day. And yes, the 993, for those of you who may not know, is a 911. Uh, with 993 being the factory designation of the chassis of the last of the air cool. So it doesn't have the classic frog eye lights. It has lights that are more akin to what you'll see on a 997 and up. And it's one that's really sought after. And if you find a 993 turbo, those are very, very nice and a pretty penny to purchase and own nowadays, you know? How do I get my wife to let me work on my car more? Real talk, it depends on your wife. You can have her hang out with my wife and she'll tell her how cool it is. But no, to be honest with you, it depends um, on your wife's personality. If she's someone who really wants to see your ultimate happiness and you are there sharing with her that it's something that you love to do, by all means, talk to her. Get her involved even. She may allow you to do that. Now, if it, if it affects your livelihood or affects the time you spend with them, I would never say that you should sacrifice your time spent with family for a car. Then by all means, it may not be a good idea. But if something you really enjoy and she's there to support you and you talk to her and get her involved with it, it happens. Xavier, good seeing you, brother. Good seeing you indeed. Thank you so much. Petra Negro says, 
Young brother, I'm Brazilian. I'm very much your fan. Tamo together, that embrace. Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words all the way from Brazil. It's a 4.2. What do I think? 4.2. Is he doing a swap, Kevin? Or is he just trying to build that in a standard setup, you know? Rolling antilag, and when does it melt exhaust valves? When, well, one, most people who go crazy with rolling antilags would tend to opt for like a inclinal exhaust valves. But even with stainless steel, your EGTs, when they get out of control, when you have a ton of timing pulled away, and then you add significant amount of fuel, and you have valves that are stainless, but let's say you don't have a proper valve job, or not even valve job, yeah, valve job can be part of that, but when you don't have a proper latch where the valves can touch the seat constantly and dissipate some of that heat, and you pull too much exhaust, um, too much ignition timing from the exhaust stream, that can really melt your valve. So if you're gonna do a lot of anti-lags, um, especially rolling anti-lag, I would encourage you not to go depending on the standard inline four, not to go past 15 degrees timing too much. Like, don't hover over negative 20 or so. And then above and beyond that, um, upgrade to inclinal valves. That would help tremendously, which is pretty good. Um, uh, 996 Outlaws, asking about the airbag steering wheel in the moment. Is that legal for street drive? No, usually a manufacturer's and, and the government does frown upon removing your airbags to put in um, your steering wheels. Now, if it's off-road duty, it doesn't matter. But for road, uh, for road fairing activity, um, most jurisdictions don't allow for that. So it'd be best, if you're in California, I know it's a big no-no, but if you're in other states, you may want to check with your local authorities to see if that's something you can do, you know? We need more aftermarket van mods. You absolutely do. Now, if it comes to the uh, Odyssey van, um, Eagle, Eagles to one knee, any, I have tons of those. So we have quite a bit, you know? So um, that being said, there are van mods. But if you look at something more Sienna-based or some of the old-school MPVs, or something from Dodge, which hopefully we can change that soon. I don't have parts. And yes, there's not a lot of support, but there's a lot more van culture happening. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see more and more of that, you know? DJ Ramar said his beautiful Porsche behind me, loves the color concept. What's the story behind it? And I won't take away from Rod. Rod is in the UK right now, but he's gonna to come to our facility very soon. I'll sit down with him and we'll go over the concept and I'll have you get the information from the horse directly, from the horse's mouth directly, I should say. P-Car Talk, good afternoon, good seeing you. Wagon Mike, he says, what's up? At work, listening in. Thank you for joining us, Wagon Mike, during your break at work. I really appreciate that a lot. Can you use methanol with no tune? Just using it for lower AAT times. Thanks, BC. So if, I assume you mean JRA photo. Can you use water methanol? I don't think you mean methanol as a, as a pure fuel, because you definitely need a tune with that. But adding as a water methanol injection, do you need to uh, have a tune? What happens is you can lower your AIT significantly, there's some caloric content value in having a water methanol injection because you have the caloric content in the methanol being injected. But we know what happens. Because you're injecting a fuel in addition to a ideally a deionized water mixture, you get cooler temps, but you also get a richer mixture, which sometimes can take away power. If you're already on the lean side or running to challenges because your intake temps are out of control, you may see some gains. But many, many percentage times, you would see a loss in power because you're running too rich. Ideally, to get the most efficiency, you want to get a tune which will force you to remove a little fuel from the base tune um, and, or from the base injector and allow you to not only benefit from the increased caloric content of the fuel you're injecting into the system, but lower your a a um, intake air temps, give you a much safer tune, and also allow you to add addition timing or even go higher in boost in, in the boost applications with much success. And if you're supercharged, if you inject it before the veins, it can help seal those veins in between the supercharger teeth and allow you to create more reliable boosts as well without any detriments while lubricating the veins of the supercharger as well, which is pretty cool. 
AJ, Relentless Racing, good seeing you. Oh, Dirty says, great advice. Thank you, OJ, oh, Dirty EJ. And I do have, as we talk about life every week, some good advice. Many of you ask me, why do I do this? Why do I take time out of my schedule to do this Tech Tuesday? And what I'm doing is actually giving back. This country's been so good to me, me coming here to the United States, from Nigeria, having the opportunity to explore engineering and to build really wonderful ma uh, manufactured products and great project cars as well, helping manufacturers and the masses enjoy their vehicles even more and create good opportunities. I have always stressed to be the person I needed when I was younger. And I encourage you, all of you, to do the same thing. As you could continue to progress in life and do great things, you never know who needs your help. You never know who you can influence positively, who can get out of a dark place, who you can elevate. Whatever you can do to really, and I really mean it guys, to be there, be the person that you needed when you were younger, it can really change the world. It starts with one person. I'm doing my part, do yours. Life is grand. Um, ITB Kevin is asking, no final drive for the wagon, I'm waiting. So Kevin, in the meantime, we have to do some eighth mile stuff. But I did reach out to Quay uh, Thursday, and they said they'll send something out. So I'm waiting for a 3A final drive opposed to the 4.75. And once it comes in, I want to take about that gearbox anyway and take a look, because I've been messing with it quite a bit, and see how internals look while changing the final drive. And we'll be out there having some fun on a quarter mile and half mile as well. I cannot wait, which is pretty cool, you know? Um, I drive a 1991 EFDX, says Kenny USO, with a B18A1, ooh, LS, with a YS1 Trans, very nice choice. I love my hatch Honda Nation suspension, semi-track car help. So, semi-track car, you cannot go, I'm BS apart. The same K3s I have on the wagon, that's what you need to get. It allows for separate compression and rebound and has a wonderful assortment of springs you have access to. And it is a joy. And when it comes to sway bars, my God, my guys from Progress, they have some really cool things for the, for the, uh, for the EF setup. So definitely reach out to Progress for the sway bar stuff. And KW, the K3s are godsend. You will not regret it, you know? XGen SI says, I want handling with no torque steer. I zoom by your XGen, your 10th Gen SI. The um, new Type R is an amazing beast, not only because of what it offers and the, the, the history behind the, the, the marquee or the, or the model, but when you, if someone closed your eyes and put you in a Civic Type R and you drove it without even knowing what you got into, you would not even tell that was front wheel drive. Now, handling without no torque gear is a bit of a, it's not so bad with the SI, but it's there slightly. Suspension is the one way that you can eliminate that quite a bit. Now, if you look at the suspension on the, on the uh, uh, Civic Type R, it is absolutely magical how they really put everything from the control arms to the sway bars to the axles. For me, the perfect, almost the perfect 10th gen would be a Civic SI Coupe with all the suspension and engine components of the Type R. That would be awesome. Um, if you have the capability and budget to be able to switch over to Type R components in terms of suspension, that will solve your problems. Could be expensive, but definitely well worth it if you can do it, you know? Um, best upgrades to do on a B-Series motor on a budget. Um, I talked about that last time. Um, the B-Series motor intake heat shielding gaskets, that's really cheap. It's like a $24, and it allows you significantly to have some fun with some alienation of heat from the engine to the intake, giving you a nice little power. Uh, we talk a lot about pure oils. That helps tremendously in not only lubricating, but releasing some power there by reducing friction significantly. Um, the standards, intake header exhaust, and really quality stuff that can allow you to do that and a tune. So those things won't break the budget. Intake heat shielding gaskets, um, especially proper one like from Bisumoto. Pure Oils, one of my partners, is really good as well. Um, doing intake, head and exhaust, and I love the AEM intake systems, you can get those as well. 
a proper header, maybe a DC, which can still be carved legal in your area if you're in California, have some fun, and exhaust as well. That alone with a tune would do wonders for you. So by all means, explore that. Hello, Asnel Moreno, good seeing you. Um, thank you so much, Kenny, for the kind words on the wagon, appreciate that. Slack of Grow Races is asking a fantastic question. What do you think of the electric future? I think it's absolutely fascinating and it's inevitable. Fossil fuels don't have a finite life. We can't have them forever. Plus, they don't do very great things for our environment. It's one of the reasons why, even from a gasoline perspective, I'm a huge advocate of flex fuel capabilities, which I'm going to infuse in this car behind me. Yes, I'm going to take care of an air-cooled setup with flex fuel capabilities, so you can put any combination of regular petrol and, e and ethanol, any combination, and ECU adjust and have fun anyway. Rather, rather love this car when I'm done with it. But anyway, I digress. The electric vehicles, especially for those of us who love speed, is a godsend. Even though I love turbos and I love all the noises of internal combustion engines, you cannot beat the immediate torque at, one, at efficiency of the immediate torque at one RPM with an electric motor. That's why you see all these videos of Teslas just whomping on people at the raceways and on the tracks, on the street, and in, in, in reviews. I mean, I think there's one on the Grand Tour. Uh, we have a partnership with the guys from, uh, from Amazon Studios, and, and we saw this, this, I mean, it's crazy, this SUV, a Model X spank whomp on an R8. The top V10 R8 just whomped on it like it was no competition. So it's something that, for us who love speed, is great. Um, there are ways of giving those engines a soul, because I hear that a lot, and there are ways of doing that. I'm going to explore that one of these days as well. All the manufacturers are embracing it, even Porsche is going that way as well, starting off with Emission E and many other vehicles to follow, which is pretty nice, hence the take on. It's something that's amazing and something we cannot avoid, and it's coming. And I like it, I really do. Queens, New York in the house, courtesy of Kenrick. Good seeing you, sir. Um, my pleasure, 996 Outlaw, I'm here to help. Belgium, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Europe. Appreciate that. And speaking of Europe, Aden Good, good seeing you. Anon Sayal, uh, June Photograph, good seeing you as well for joining us. Love the Korean, thank you so much. Um, let's see, what values did you use in making your own fuel years ago? Before I was banned, um, I did not want to spend the kind of money that existed for VP or trick fuels at the time. And as a student, I knew that I could you know, really make my own high octane fuel. Um, but I was banned quickly. So what I did then is I used uh, Chevron as a base, Chevron 91 as a base. I ordered uh, tetraethyl lead as an anti-knock agent, a little bit of toluene, and um, a known carcinogen, but a very good anti-knock agent, benzene. And that's how I was able to make my fuel years ago. So that's a little bit of insight on the ingredients that I used to create my high-octane fuel. And I did extremely well, well with it, especially running 14 to 1 compression on the street. It worked out very well. San Antonio Valdez, good seeing you. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Um, is it possible for electric vehicles to have mounting system? Yes, it is. With design, you can do that. There's no need really for that because as you think about the internal combustion engine uh, with a typical auto cycle, you start off with a low torque value, you go up to peak torque and you fall off. And then when that falls off, you want to shift to get back into that torque range. Well, with electric cars, you can have high torque and keep that torque level or even go up. So there's really no need many times to shift, but if you want that capability, you can use the inverter to give a response that would be ideal for shifting if that's what you want to do. But look at the market nowadays. Most people prefer automatics or DSGs or you name it. Manuals are becoming a dying breed. As much as I love rowing gears, it's going away. So even though you can do it, you notice that most manufacturers wouldn't just because the appeal is no longer there like it used to, you know? I think good to seeing in my experience, in my experience, how long will it take to do a complete custom tune on an engine in a car that you're familiar with? Um, it depends. For me, as a tuner, um, you know, Bisa Moto, 
uh, turbos and tuning, I take two to three hours for a standard tune. That means that the car doesn't have any challenges or any, any issues. Uh, two to three hours is a pretty much typical tune for an engine that I'm familiar with, or even not so familiar with, but you know, that's tuning uh, fuel, ignition, um, any uh, VTEC crossovers if it so exists, any cam timing parameters if it so exists, and even some kind of boosted applications where you may have boost for speed instead of some other parameters. If it's a car that has problems on the dyno, of course, that can expand significantly. Or if you have issues, or if it's something that's very experimental, then that takes a little bit of time. Or multiple fuels. So if you're doing an ED5 and 91 fuel, um, typically it'll take out another hour to that, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, Kerrick is asking, is it worth getting titanium headers and exhaust or just wrap the titanium for heat? So we talked about this last time as well, Kenrick. Um, titanium is great because it has great heat resilience, also extremely light, lighter than stainless, whether you're looking at 304 or 321, it's much, later, it's much lighter than it and looks absolutely beautiful when heated up. But I'm not a huge advocate of wrapping headers because what happens, the header wrap does tend to absorb moisture from atmosphere and keep that moisture and can disintegrate the welds. Um, I'm a huge advocate of coatings, using ceramic barrier coatings inside and outside the header. So by doing that, you can have a blast and get all the benefits of improved scavenging, keeping the heat in the soft stream where it can continue to scavenge one cylinder versus the other and keep your underhood temperatures cooler, which also does a fantastic job in allowing you to make more and more power. Thank you so much for the love on the wagon, Dallas Syndicate. I appreciate the kind words indeed. Thank you so much. Hello, Sabi Moa. <laughs> Sorry if I butchered the name, you know. Thank you so much, Wat Wat. I appreciate that, you know. What about your flex content sender, says 10th Genesi or X Genesi. Um, how come you can only run a blend fuel mix like K20? I think you mean like E20 or E40 instead of full ethanol. Great question, X Genesi. And the answer is one word. Pump. The pump is the reason why. The mechanical pump is a huge limitation on not only the Type R, but the Civic SI, and we're starting to notice on some of the Veloster N stuff. The mechanical pump is a limitation. And what I've seen, when I'm tuning any of the 10th gen SIs, I always look at pump duty. And once you exceed 100%, the EC will even shut you down anyway, bring, bring the system, the torque numbers down to keep itself safe. And that's a problem. Um, I haven't had the opportunity uh, because you know, Honda and I haven't really done crazy stuff with SI or Type R recently. So I haven't had the opportunity to help design an improved pump or to find ways to increase that. There are solutions where you can use a water methanol system as a way to cheat and get more fuel in the system. You can use, I know that uh, Dream Automotive from overseas in the UK where you are at good is having this port uh, uh, injection addition to the system as well, which can help. But the reason why is because you're limited by your pump. If you run E85 for 85, you will run lean before you can run safe and you can expire your engine, and that's the reason why. But with E20, E30, you can run that, run full throttle, maximize your pump duty, and still get the power. There's more power there, but the pump is the limitation. So I hope that helps, you know? Thank you, Old Dirty, saying he agrees that mentors are badly needed in this day and age. And yes, by all means, Old Dirty, as I mentioned earlier, be who you need it when you're younger. I know we're all not where we need to be in life, but we've, we always strive to progress, and as we progress, there are people out there that you can help. There are people out there that you can actually point in the right direction. There's someone who's down who needs your help to uplift them. Do it. It comes full circle, and it feels good while doing it as well. It's what I really believe in and why I do what I'm doing today. You know? Hello, Secret Service AP. Good seeing you. Good afternoon. You know? Um, T-Bash says, immigrants come to this country and take advantage of our opportunities better than 
us because they know what it's like not to have these opportunities. Us born in America take that for granted. Um, even, even some of us who emig you know, immigrated here to the United States take it for granted as well. Sometimes I have to go home or meet people from back home to get reminded of how great I have it here. And you're right, it's just human nature where sometimes we take things for granted. Um, but whenever we remind about the opportunity, even whether it's now or through other facets in life, please, please, please go after it. Execute, do the best you can be, and great things will happen. Thank you so much, T. Bash. I appreciate the kind words indeed. Talun, good seeing you. Secret Service AP, Mrs. E.F. Hatch. But you're doing some cool stuff with Porsche, so that's really great, you know? Um, let's see here. Yes, by all means, Visions by OBDB. I haven't seen you recently. You're such a talented photographer. I look forward to seeing you soon, you know? Um, Psycho Professor saying, do I have a dream car that I'd like to tune or work on or build? Those are almost three questions. Let's say, dream car I'd love to tune. I'd love to have at tuning a new setup with a Hellfin engine. New chassis that I'd like to work on. I'd love to work on the new Taycan uh, from Porsche. A vehicle I'd like to build. I'd really like to build a really old school Porsche 911 with some modern te hybrid technology. That's what I'd like to do. That would be maybe PDK actuated. That'd be pretty cool. High class customs. Good afternoon. Good seeing you indeed, sir. Um, Nick Riley says, I want to learn to drive stick. Should I save up and buy the car? I want to get a cheap beater first. You could get a beater, or you can find a friend who is willing to teach you. You know, um, There are many people out there who can do great stuff. My wife actually had the opportunity to teach herself in the back of the shop, which is pretty interesting, by just watching. I learned driving stick by watching our drivers back home and seeing what they were doing and just taking it upon myself once in a while to have a blast. You know, <laughs> Slacker says, buy it, don't steal it. It's so funny. That's true, buy it, don't steal indeed. Hello, EP3 type. R28, good seeing you, good afternoon. Uncle Caden, hello to you as well. Kendrick370, so much love here. Thank you so much, guys. Dark Red, you're tardy, but you are here, so thank you so much, you know. Um, I did good, I talked about it already. Two to three hours on the tune. Talked about it a moment ago, you know. Um, RW Sean said, what do I think about kick cars? I think it's cool, I think it's a great way to uh, really express yourself and work with some companies to do things that are pretty unique and, and can, we can tailor a car to your liking. California is also a little more, much more lenient with kit cars than they are production vehicles, so I think it's cool when it comes to emission stuff. But I do like that. Don't be surprised if you see a kit car coming from us soon as well, you know? Um, Visions by ODB, or is it plug and play or plus two? And I think I may have missed your question, so please ask me again, Visions, by all means, you know? Um, on the aftermarket flex fuel system, can you use 87 octane and the sensor can read it? So, um, Dark Raid answer is no. What it really does, it, it obtains the ethanol content in a fuel. So ethanol does have a certain value when you send a certain, without getting too, one thing I love about technology is I could talk at an engineering level and talk above everyone, but I want to break it down to where everyone can understand. So in a very simplistic way, the flex fuel sender sends a beam of light, a certain wavelength of light through the fuel, and then it's reflected. With the amount of reflection that occurs, it can tell you what percentage of ethanol is in it. So it's an ethanol percentage gradient, not a reading, not a, an octane reading. So whether it's 91, 87, 89, it will not tell you. It'll only be able to tell you the percentage of ethanol that is in the fuel that you're using. What's my views on rotaries running hydrogen? I think it's cool. <laughs> I love, I love alternative fuels. I really do. I think it's really awesome. And the fact that you can have pure carbon dioxide and water coming out, 
It ain't the same, man. I like the smell of petrol. There are many opportunities for you to smoke petrol. It's not very good for you, you know. The pollutants and the side combustion agents or the SOX and NOX is not very good for you. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I, I feel you may like the smell of petrol. I like the smell of cars combusting ethanol, which is pretty cool. But um, to be honest with you, electric cars are they're the future. They're here to stay. The, uh, unfortunately, the ICEs, internal combustion engines, will go the way of the dodo bird or the way of the horse and buggy. There'll be few around, horse and buggies that is, but not, not a stable, you know? Um, are you thinking about a hybrid combination engine motor to power any vehicle you're willing to tune? Yes, Psycho, I, I like to do that. Um, my first ex exposure to the hybrid technology was when Honda had me build uh, in 2010 the CRZ for them, and I couldn't do a swap. Automatically, I wanted to do a K swap, and I said no. And I'm glad they forced me to stay with the hybrid technology. That's when I grew fondness and a lot of appeal for that platform. I was able to create an opportunity with a team to make 533 horsepower on a hybrid in line four and still keep all the hybrid components intact getting great miles, miles per gallon. As a matter of fact, we increased the mile per gallon by two miles per gallon if you keep the foot out of it. But once you go past half throttle, all that went to hell. You know, I helped Brooklyn, which is pretty interesting, you know. Toronto's in the house. Mr. Pepe, good seeing you. Panama's in the house, Garage 23. Thank you for joining us from South America. Really appreciate that. Um, my response, I'm being thanked for by Stuck Girl Racing. My pleasure indeed. Yes, it won't end a lot of careers in, in the motorsports industry. It will actually hone more. So there's nothing wrong with people who are currently in motorsports. And, and that, I think that really the petrol engine will continue to go there. They still have the nostalgia. Yeah, we call nostalgia races there. And there'll still be people there, but also e-racing. You know, look at the stuff that, you know, there's a sticker here, I believe, somewhere here. Um, but look at what the guys from some of the Formula E teams are doing. I mean, they're doing fantastic things out there and creating a lot of jobs for engineers and people in the industry who love motorsports, it creates more opportunity than less, you know? So by all means, there's great opportunity, you know? I to be, Kevin's asking, where's the motor for the inside? Guess what, Kevin? Yesterday, Gonigo finished leaving it. So, the engine is done. I think they're bored honing it today or tomorrow. And it'll be time to slap that thing together. I need to take my head and get it checked out, make sure everything's proper, send my eight injectors out to get cleaned, and we're gonna have a lot of fun with that thing once again. And get to hone again, which would be pretty cool, you know? Would I build an electric motor powered Porsche? Yes, MJ. Um, I just mentioned a moment ago, one of the project cars I'd love to do is take a classic 911 and be able to do either a full electric motor or a hybrid system. That would be so cool, you know? Have you ever built a Mini-Me setup? So if you're saying Mini-Me, you're talking about combining different engines or different heads with the bottom ends? No, I have not. Um, the closest thing I've done to that is by building um, my original wagon in, 19, in 2008 with a D16 Z6 engine. So I hope that helps. Uh, did a, oh, Bishop by OBD said he did a D16ZC swap, then threw a Z6 head on there. Not to cover the swap, but looking to get a little more performance out of this single can. Thinking about Skunk 2 intake plus BC 2.6 can and tune. Great, great, that's good. Um, the intake will help quite a bit. You can do that, or you can do an um, uh, intake from the um, Y8. And above and beyond that, or oh, TBs if you're hardcore. If you're NA, the level 2 cam is a very popular one. Level 3 is even more balls, but it has a bit of a rough idle. Um, if you're boosted, level 2.4 is the way to go, or 3.6 if you like a professional cap, which would be pretty, pretty nice, you know? I'm here to help, by all means, let me know. I'm, you've been so kind to me, I'd be more than happy to see you, or to help out. Hello, Fox Design, my good friend, by all means. Um, good to see you as well. Kevin, yes, your cars are challenges, but you know, when they're done and you overcome those challenges, they haul. So, you know, no fast cars, in my opinion, none of my fast cars were easy to build. 
any cartridges that went together easily wasn't fast. All those give us challenges and appalling, you know? Um, do I have a ready tune for 3.4996? So a lot of the engines 996 Outlaw that I use for my, um, whether it's on my uh, classic blue 911 with the twin turbos hanging out, or even the uh, Boxman, the center seat cars that we've done Porsches, all run M96 engines. And I have engine management on all those things, so I do. Now, if you want something that's a flash, if you are cable, then I don't. If you are e-cable, or better yet, drive-by-wire, meaning that you're 2000, 2001 lure, then we may have something for you. When do you think we'll see more electric motorsports like e-rally? That's coming very soon. There are many, many teams working on that right now. I would say within the next half a decade, you're going to see a lot more of that out there. Um, I didn't say he was charged for custom tune on his diesel, and they did four power runs and was there for 45 minutes. I think it was a flash map. I'm, I don't know. I couldn't speak to that since I wasn't there. But um, I spent 45 minutes alone at Den Good doing partial throttle tuning. And with partial throttle tuning, I'll put a vehicle on the dyno. I'll have the opportunity to make sure that idle is impeccable, especially in terms of stoichiometry, because that's what you want. That's what I shoot for. Um, giving a little throttle, you know, going up in RPM a little bit, just free revving to make sure that it's safe on free revving. Giving a blip, make sure it's safe for that. Make sure I don't have anything weird with any Excel fuel or decel fuel. Then I'll start up at 1500 RPMs. I'll lock my dyno at 1500 RPMs, and I'll initiate in one gear and start bearing the throttle and tuning pretty much every cell at 1500 RPMs. Then I'll go to 2000, do the same thing, then 2500, then 3000. And by the time I do that and optimize ignition timing and fueling, it's almost 45 minutes to an hour, I've already done it, just partial throttle. And my Dynapack allows me real time to take a look at my screen and be able to see real time if my power is going up or down. And I can listen at the same time and see if I'm getting too much ignition timing, even as I'm trying to optimize my efficiency of the engine. I can also look at the knock sensors real time if I have a system that allows me to look at that. There's so many ways of doing it. And by that time, it's, a, it's 45 minutes to an hour, just partial throttle. Then we do sweeps. So I could not, I'll be honest with you, Maybe it's my talent or maybe my attention to detail. I cannot tune a car in 45 minutes. It's just not possible to do a proper tune, that is. Ilham is asking, do I have a YouTube channel? Yes, I do. It's BC Motos. So if you go on YouTube and type in B-I-S-I-M-O-T-O, just like this, you will see the BC Motos YouTube channel. Please subscribe, by all means, and you get to see some really cool stuff. Yes, like a girl, ceramic overwrap. And if you have a hard time finding companies that ceramic coat, send it to us. We have one right next to us. We'd be more than happy to help you out. No problem whatsoever, you know? Would I ever consider building a CRV? Absolutely. I have so much appeal for CRVs that my current wagon has nothing but CRV components in them. So that being said, especially with Honda's help, I'd be more than happy to build one. Vintage or current model. That'd be so cool. Am I thinking about a hybrid combination motor, vehicle that I like to tune or work on? Is that even hard for you? So Cycle Professor, um, I've already done one with the CRZ. So the ZF1, which is a CRZ, which is a sad thing that Honda had discontinued. The sales weren't just there, but I thought it was a very sexy car and one that was really cool and chock full of technology. The integrated motor assist is amazing. That motor that exists between the gearbox and the engine acts as a starter, a generator, and an absorption unit. It's absolutely fantastic. Hello, Club with 500 RPM. Good seeing you. Good seeing you, dude. Indeed, you know. Um, Kerrick is saying, I really enjoy these lives because so many people learn from this. Thank you so much. I'm here to help, here to give back, and I encourage you, Kerrick, and all of you, my friends and family here, to do the same thing. Be that person you needed when you were younger. That's our, pretty much our theme for today. It's very, very important. Please do that, you know. Um, 
Mochelli is saying, well, BC, you're a legend. I remember seeing you and your builds in the magazines back in the early 2000s, yeah, back in the day, when I started driving. Glad you continue to contribute and a big part of the scene. Thank you so much, Montreal. Appreciate the kind words. Ah, AJ, good afternoon. Good seeing you, Marcus BLDT. Good afternoon. Good seeing you as well. Duran, good afternoon, sir. Duran, we have a lot. Duran, see, this is the, this one, the engine's coming out. So I'm taking a shot today, and it's coming out. <laughs> engine's coming out. We're dropping this engine immediately, you know? Um, any tips for turbocharging a non-charged engine? Yes, Oliver. Be very frugal with your boost and power figures. So you see us doing K-series that are typically naturally aspirated, and we put turbo kits on them, and we get them to 400, 420. You see us do something similar with NSXs, where we take NSXs that barely make 200 plus horsepower, 240, they're about, and we get them to 400, 450. You've seen us do crazy things with Porsches, where we even use bolt-on turbos and get them to 480. So be conservative. I, I see the guys who go on YouTube and say, oh, we took a stock motor, made 700. They never tell you that those things blow up very soon after. Reliability is very important to me. I never compromise reliability for performance. So by all means, get reputable components, get a proper tune, and be very conservative with your power figures. And use a proper fuel, and you'll be just fine. You know? Um, oh, thank you so much, Porsche Mentality. Give us some cool words. Say you saw the Porsche at Liftgo. Draw, jaw dropping awesome. Thank you so much. Um, Dr. is asking, is the A1 head, F22 A1 head, really better than the F23 head? Yes. Um, whoever flowed that F23 outflowed F22A, I had, they need to check their flow bench. Even if you don't flow it, if you look at the cross-sectional area, of an F23 head, how skinny that port is, versus an F22A head, and how big that port is, just looking at it, you can tell. I would really check the calibration on that flow bench. <laughs> it's like saying a B series flows less than a D in factory form. It's just, I'm sorry, but uh, yes, it really outflows it. And uh, by the way, that's why you see way more F22As in NA form, making more power than F23 could ever imagine. Imagine that, you know? Thank you so much, CRV. Good seeing you at IVOC as well. It was an honor as well. Burnout King. <laughs> Thank you so much, Club 5500. Thoughts on the new Super, Jermaine? It looks much better in person than in photographs. And I think, I was just talking to my team about that yesterday. I think it's going to be a very good tuner platform. I really do. And I think their combination or their partnership with BMW is actually a huge benefit than a negative. I really do. Hello, EP3 Type R. Good seeing you. Visions of ODB. I look forward to seeing you next time as well. Best OEM gearbox for B16A, bone stock, B16A, by all means, you know. Um, well, so Vision ODB, you asked this question like three times. I've already answered you. I think it's a good idea. I said you can use a white agent to manifold. When it comes to camshafts, if it's NA, a level 2 or level 3 is ideal. If it's boosted, a level 2.4 or 2.3.6 um, uh, is ideal. And I'll be able to help you out a little bit. So by all means, you know. Hello, Two Wagons, One Cup. I love your name. I really do. I really do, you know. Um, kick car laws in California. Most kick car laws, um, most kick cars tend to register themselves as pre-75 in California. So they're not, um, uh, they're actually exempt of the emissions requirements. So that's how most kick cars get away from it. I'm going to do a new video. By all means, club, more videos to come, you know. My thoughts versus the LS3 versus Turbo 3.4 and a Porsche Cayman. LS3 versus Porsche 3.4. Mmm. So, I think the LS3 will give a lot of grunt, a lot of torque, has more displacement, 
pretty lightweight setup, not bad at all. Turbo 3.4 is what I typically build. Um, the Porsche people don't snob that. It's very nice. I actually find that very appealing. And I think it's super elegant and the sound is pretty intoxicating. You can go back with either one, but if you want to stay in good, good graces of the Porsche community, you want to stay with the 3.4 liter, flat six. <laughs> what would be a good swap for the AW11 MR2? The non-fictional prophet is asking. K20 Turbo. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I think good say race fuel and the burnt rubber is the smell of the gods. I think good, that's funny coming from someone who just went diesel. Didn't you just go diesel? <laughs> good seeing you. I appreciate the kind words anyway, you know? Oh my god. Um, no, I did not, Marcus. I didn't see that at all, you know? Um, Kappa is saying, if you want full electric, do you think you will have the gasoline withdrawals? Nope. If anything, I would love, you know, I'm a big sleeper guy. That's why you see things like the Waggle Van, it's just blue and clean. Um, you see, even, even if I build one of these, it would just be a clean color. Um, you see the, the Odyssey, I'm a big advocate of that. So having a car that's quiet and fast is actually right up my alley. Won't give me any withdrawals whatsoever. Trust me, and I, I love, I love the, the, the sound of a blow valve and the sound of an engine exhaust, but there's just something really special about quiet performance. It's really something special. Oh, when they're Thursday, let's see. So Thursday morning, um, I'll be at the office preparing for the race at KW on Friday. Thursday afternoon, we have a meeting with, um, believe it or not, uh, a studio that wants to do some stuff with us. And I think it's um, Mark Warburg's uh, film company. So I, I can't cancel that meeting to race in, in Orindale, Kevin. So I think we, it's better that we shoot for next week. Um, plus, it gives me the opportunity to install the new arms for the camber for the wagon as well. Plus, I really don't want to crash that car before the Hot Wheels thing this Saturday. So it looks like Thursday won't be an option for us because of the meetings I have going on with the production company on Thursday afternoon. Um, let's see, what did I miss here? Oh, thank you so much, Visions by ODB. Appreciate you being here. You know, I appreciate that indeed. Um, what's my favorite car? Let's go. Six. You work a little, keep amazing stuff. Thank you so much, Marcus. It's actually this one. This is my favorite car. <laughs> Followed by the pretty cool golf old school air cooled vehicle that was in front of this theater. That was pretty nice too, you know. Yes, his name is pretty cool. I like two wagons, one cup. It's pretty nice, you know. Can we swap air cool to water cool? Yes, we can. Um, you could do that. As a matter of fact, Salmon 747, we won't do it with this, but my blue 911, the one, the first one I ever built, has a water cooled 996 twin turbocharged setup with CAN bus, drive-by-wire, all the cool accoutrements that you may see on a newer chassis, um, in an older classic 911, which is pretty nice. Now, it's very cool, and um, I like it, and a lot of the hot running guys like it. Some of the purists tend to not quite be so excited about it, but they still admire it nonetheless, which is pretty nice, you know? Yeah, please do, have a polite one indeed. My wig is at the office, I didn't good. <laughs> RD1 CRV, that would be a pretty cool project in Port Rally, Florida, good seeing you. Uh, Ghostly is asking where's the Odyssey. So I'm here at Race Service, which is a pretty wonderful facility out in Los Angeles. And the, the Odyssey is all the way in Ontario at the office in the back of the shop. So that's where it is, you know. I'm having a good time here. Um, could I make a car run of potassium? No. Potassium by itself is not a very good hydrocarbon. So I couldn't, with the technology I have today, make my cars run on potassium. I couldn't do that. Um, Yes, it would. Absolutely. I agree with you, Izzy, saying that CRC with the UK was a very beautiful car. I agree, indeed, you know. 
Metal Magic 85 says, wonderful listening to you. You're an amazing designer and tuner. Thank you for all you've done for the Honda scene and the import scene in general. Thank you so much and the many more to come. The, the best is yet to come. Oh, there's so many questions I'm meeting, you know. Track event on Friday. So yeah, on Friday there's a track event, a KW event, Kevin, um, at the uh, Streets of Willow. And it's a KW uh, shakedown event. And I'm thinking about either taking an NSX or the center seat red Porsche, which is pretty, pretty good. DC5 says, great idea, I should host a car meet. I think that's a good idea. E36 Stunner, have you messed with any BMWs before? We've tuned tons of them. E36s and E46s, and even those with swaps. We've done everything with AM Infinity, Motec, you name it. We've done quite a bit, even with AM Series 2. Even Series 1, there was one that came in with a Viper ECU, believe it or not, and then BMW E36. So yes, I have. Have I built one myself, personally, as a project or passion car? No. Primarily because I do not have a relationship with BMW, so I have not, you know? My day is going smashingly, Hope. Appreciate that indeed, you know? Saucy is saying, is it possible to make an unequal length header for the DOB series that makes power? Yes, you can. Most headers on the market are not equal length at all, and they make power, but would it be optimized? Only if you do individual cylinder tuning. So unequal length doesn't mean that it's just a rubbish header. You can, and people do make decent power with it. If you optimize your tune, by doing individual cylinder tuning, especially for fuel, you can have a capability of having a good event, good setup. But it's better to have equal length headers, at least within two inches, which is really nice. You should come out, AJ. It'd be really nice to see you out there. Slacker saying, have I ever autocrossed? No, I have not had the honor or opportunity to autocross yet. Not properly. I autocrossed my CRZ once, the first time I brought it out, in stock form, but it wasn't really a professional one. It was just something at Fontana in the parking lot with a few cones here and there, which is pretty nice, you know? Um, have I seen any fixes for the wastegate rattle on the TD-03 Mitsubishi Turbos in the N54 BMW engine? No, I have not, in 92 I've not had the opportunity to play with that. And if I did, I would be more than honored to come up with a solution, but I just haven't had the opportunity. Kyle says he wants to drive every car I build. Thank you so much. That'd be so cool. And something you've noticed from the cars I build, we really, at in-house, destroyed that whole notion that high-performance, high-horsepower cars are undrivable. All of our cars are drivers. Whether they make 500 horsepower or 1,000 horsepower, they can all drivers. And it's very important to us. And I know that's why a lot of companies and privateers find what we do very appealing. You can eat your kick and have it too. You don't have to have a 1,000 horsepower car that's rubbish. Now, for them to hook up, let's say like the Odyssey front wheel drive with 1,000, that's one thing, but you can start up and drive it normally. It drives, your mom can drive, your grandmother can drive it. It just drives normally, which is pretty cool, you know? Um, Opinions on B18 Civic Aero Deck, they're really cool. You guys had one in soda. I'm so sorry, Mark DJ86, to hear that. Those are really cool cars, and you don't see them very often, especially here in California. They are not very, very common at all. Thank you, GAA Malcolm. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that indeed. E36 Stunner says, I'll be looking for you for insight when I finish my stroke build. My pleasure indeed. Um, all aluminum versus titanium versus stainless steel exhaust. I had, I don't know if you know this, AJ, but on the first wagon I built, I had aluminum exhaust on it. It was a very cost-effective way to have a lightweight setup that was just amazing. It worked very, very well. And uh, didn't have any challenges with burst strength at all, which is pretty nice. Titanium is also extremely light and looks absolutely gorgeous, but can be a pretty penny. Stainless steel is the heaviest of all three, especially if you use a pretty standard wall that people tend to use. Um, and much more cost-effective as well, but can be much heavier. So... From a weight perspective, performance, I like aluminum because it gives me the lightweight I need without breaking the bank. But if the budget allows, titanium is the way to go indeed.
said, thank you so much. Jason said I should build a Teggy. And if I did, it would probably be a DA. I always liked DAs. I wouldn't mind being a really clean, all drive DA. Wouldn't that be cool, you know? Slacker says, oh my God, we need to get you out there for fun. I have a seat for you in my R EFs when you're in Central Florida. Thank you so much. I may have to come out to Florida because Slacker, um, I got some good invitations to come out to Tampa uh, to do some really cool stuff with some Porsche shops out there, which would be pretty nice. And maybe I'll take you up on that. I appreciate the kind words indeed, you know? I know Copper remembers when I brought the insight out to Norm Reeds back in the day. Thank you so much. I love that insight. But she'll be out again. And we're going to do something really cool with our friends from Honeycomb, which is pretty nice, you know? Hopefully I get a sponsorship with BMW, says E92 William. Then you would have a lot of market with the BMW and Super. I keep hearing that. Yesterday, um, I had Antonio from Motor Mavens come by to the office. And we're talking. And he said, yeah, BC, the, the BMW guys will love you. You should really explore that. So maybe I will. But it's much difficult to do as a privateer. It really helps tremendously when I have the opportunity to explore that with a manufacturer, which is always smashing, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Copper remembers seeing me drive the inside on the street with wheelie bars. That was pretty cool. Those wheelie bars are really cool, and I will share the secrets of that wheelie bar when we do the biobiology on that particular inside, which is pretty cool, you know? Do you know if the shop you're going to be is, is Heights Auto Imports? They work on my 996, they're doing RDB visa. It's not, but I could. Dead out gone, I wouldn't mind. You know, I, I would love to go and see them, but it's not one of the shops I plan on seeing, you know? Fox Design says, plan to get rid of all-wheel drive manual CRV transmission to make with the GSR swap and Arjuna, will I have to swap the rear mount to clear the drive shaft? You may have to, you may have to. Um, what I did, I made life much easier for me, Paul, and what I did, I, I went to Brian and got all my components from there. But he, and he, he has this assembly that kind of moves things away from the drive shaft to clear. It's pretty nice. Um, would an all-wheel drive swap for a first-gen inside be a similar price to set up on your Wagga van, or would it be more expensive since it's torsion bar or set up from the factory? Yes. It'd be very, since it's a, a solid beam in the rear, it'd be very invasive, but not impossible, but a lot more fabrication. It can be done. Another thing that's a challenge with the inside, you know, that because it was a cable setup and front wheel drive, it has a very flat bottom. So you have to do something very creative to create a very nice pathway for the drive shaft. So it will take some fabrication. It's not impossible, but it'll take some fabrication. But I, I, I don't plan on doing that on my inside, by all means, you know? Um, what are my thoughts on the new all-wheel drive setups coming out of the 90s Honda? I think it's fantastic. The one thing I'm concerned about, E92 William, is safety. Cars are going super fast nowadays. So that being said, I really would like to see our peers and friends and racers out there stay safe as they continue to explore these new opportunities for improved speed. The Honda engines have the reliability and the capability for power and aftermarket support. Now with all drive setups, you'll be able to put them on the ground very nicely and launch like crazy and really go much faster. So please stay safe out there. Hey, Cheryl, good seeing you. Thanks for joining me today. Love all the way from Ireland, courtesy of Just Rob. Hello, Just Rob. Um, yes, so for uh, Fox Designs, for the B-Series swap and EF, yes, Hasport has an entire assembly, which is pretty cool. I just got one sent to us for one of my good friends who's doing one um, in a, an 89 wagon where he's doing a B-Series all-wheel drive swap in that. So the kit came complete. Very simple and very straightforward, you know? What do I think of HRVS? I work for Honda in my city, and they seem very cheaply made with no power for an all-wheel drive. Um, I don't like the build of that car. It's not my, it's not my cup of tea. I'm not even a big HRV fan, period. I had one, built it, but sort of quite promptly. It just didn't do anything for me. My pleasure, Fox Design. My pleasure indeed. 
Porsche mentality asks, what are my thoughts on Porsche entering the electric world? They're the inventors of the first hybrid in the world. I remember that in 1901. I feel they're going to take over that category. Your thoughts? So, Tesla did a good job. I mean, if you really think about it, um, Elon Musk and his team knocked out a park and doing extremely well with that and has shown the viability of the electric market, a place where GM didn't do very well with EV1 or some other manufacturers couldn't do very well. And I think Porsche getting to this space is absolutely smashing. I think it's absolutely fantastic and they will do extremely well. Porsche as a brand brings that element of exclusivity, class, finesse, and engineering prowess with a very strong motorsports heritage to the electric market, something that Tesla or other manufacturers have. Will they take over completely? They will, I don't think they'll own 90% of the market share, but I think they'll put a very nice damper in the sales for Tesla, and I think it's a great opportunity indeed. And gonna, I won't be surprised if we start seeing Boxsters, Caymans, and 911s with full electric powertrain coming very soon, you know? Thank you, Stones Mac, appreciate that. Hello, Omar Ramos, greetings, good to see you as well. Are Porsches very expensive to tune? Well, if it comes to flashes, of course, if you're comparing a K-tuner flash on a Honda Civic versus a, uh, a higher-end flash for a Porsche 996 or 997 or 991, yes, the Porsches cost more for flashes, but if it comes to the amount of hours to tune, whether I'm tuning uh, a center seat Boxster um, or I'm tuning a K20 Civic, it still takes me two to three hours to finish tuning them. Even uh, we had a recent uh, very nice beautiful classic 911 come in and even with this, when we tune this, it'll take me two three hours to tune that and finish it. It's pretty nice. So it's, the, the tuning time is not a challenge, it's the base, the tax you pay for the flash program. That is where the cost comes into play, you know? Um, yes! I have heard about the Revol, um, Revol uh, company in Detroit. I heard that they're there, I mean, they, they start up very quietly and they came out to all the auto shows and when it comes to the truck market, they're gonna rule. It's gonna take quite a few companies to catch up. They're very, very creative as well. Oh, time is flying, I don't have much time. <laughs> we have to go very soon, guys. Um, the best motor to use on an auto, on an auto for a, on an auto, I mean, the best motor to use on an auto for, 97 Civic. So if, if you're asking for the best engine to swap, I wouldn't mind a K20, K24 swap. If you want to stay automatic, uh, I would kind of go manual. I'm a big, big advocate. Honda Automatic's not the strongest applications. Yep, Porsche tax. As we go to taxes, um, guys, I really want to, you know, I may have to depart very soon, but I want to thank you guys for being part of my stay here. I want to thank, thank all the guys from Race Service for being so smashing and great uh, hosts for us to be here today. And also for Rod for choosing the services of all the partners here and our, our services as well to get this car as a reality and it should be in its glory at SEMA as well. And you know, I really want to thank the guys from Gearhead Coffee. They sent me this pretty good coffee. Thank you so much, Gearhead Coffee, for that. That's so cool of you guys. Thank you so much. Can't wait to try this out and see how it is. Look, it has a piston on it. How cool is that? So thanks so much. And for this weekend, for those of you, if you're in the South Bay area, please come out to the Hot Wheels launch tour for Honda at the Hot Wheels Plaza or Mattel headquarters in El Segundo, California. Um, I'll be there super early, like 6.30 in the morning, but I think the event's really 9 to noon. So if you're in the area, please come by, you know. Thank you so much, Ulysses. Appreciate the kind words. Thanks so much, Nonfiction Profit. So guys, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Have a good day, and I'm going to enjoy my day as well. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.